handle the truth. What is up, ladies and gentlemen? We are back with another episode of We the People Radio. I'm your host, James. As always, I got the boys with me, Nick and Ant. What's going on, fellas? Oh, double gun shooters. Shoot from the hip. You guys hear me when I yell um, when you were on? Yes, I did hear you. Oh, I can hear you, but they can't hear you. Um, So today we got a really fun episode. There's so much to talk about. Um, You can't handle the truth. Foxhole's coming in hot. Foxhole's coming in hot. Every fucking time. Every time we're we're retarded. Um, Or I am, I should say. Uh, But we have uh, Kate Corrigan running for District 1 in New York out in the Long Island area. She should be joining us at some point uh, during the episode. When she does join, uh, I'll add her in and we'll hear what she has to say about fixing New York and uh, what we need to do to make it a safer. It's pretty tough to make it an easy process. It should be a really easy process. Pretty straightforward. It was pretty easy for Rudy. And you could turn your volume up. To, you're a little low. Is it just me? Am I low? No, you're good. Damn right. Good. Damn. But um, so she'll be joining at some point, and we're really excited to have her on, uh, and talk How about the you, upcoming primary that she has. It's a vacant seat, so it's uh, it's up for grabs. We got put in headline news, mainstream media news. I mean, not really. I didn't know who the fucking guy is. And uh, yes, yeah, see, Catalyst said you're a little low, Anthony. How's that? Oh, Kate, Kate, is Kate is here. So perfect timing. Let me run to a, a quick little sponsorship ad, and I'll bring Kate in. One second. It's time to resist. They can't arrest us all. And they can't keep all your kids home from school. They can't keep every government building closed. We don't have to accept the mandates, lockdowns, and harmful policies of the petty tyrants and feckless bureaucrats. We can simply say no. Not again. The only way to stop these mandates is to refuse to comply. Refuse to show vaccine passports. Refuse to wear a mask. Refuse to stay at home. We will not comply with Fauci. We will not comply with Joe Biden. And we will not comply with authoritarian governors. I am not going to comply. This ends now. Go to series-cbd.com, put in code WPR USA for 15% off your order. Number one CBD on the planet, 100%. Did you use the USA or just one? Or was that just a stutter? That was just a stutter. We okay. part. So I'm very excited to bring into the show, like I said earlier, the uh, congressional candidate from New York District 1. Welcome to the show, Kate Corrigan. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having us. Welcome, the show. Kate. How are Welcome. you guys doing? I'm doing How are you? I'm James, the one behind the account that you were speaking with. This is Nick and Anthony, my, my very great co-hosts. Nice to meet you all. Nice to meet you, Kate. Kate, any relation to a Michael Corrigan? Uh, perhaps. There's there's a lot uh, of Corrigan yeah. out there. A, a Marine, U.S. Marine. He went in around 2002, 2003. I don't think so there's probably some distant connection, okay. though, for sure. Maybe he was from New York as well. Oh, okay. Yeah. Nice. Nice. It's a pretty small world, too. You'd be surprised. Um, it is. So, so Kate, 
New York is very close to where we're from. They, these two are still in New Jersey, stuck in that liberal hellhole. And I moved to another liberal hellhole out of New Jersey to Nevada, outside of Las Vegas. So New York is very near and dear to us, and we've been there many times. Uh, tell us a little bit about uh, your campaign and, and what you're running on. Definitely. So I'm, I'm running in New York's first congressional district, which is an open seat. It's currently held by Republican Lee Zeldin, uh, who's running to be our next governor here in New York. Uh, but I mean, New York, just like New Jersey and other Democratic leaning states, have just been subjected to the dem to our, our government uh, dictating people how to live their lives, how to raise their children, shutting down small businesses. And we've had enough. I've had enough. I'm fed up with the leftist agenda that is basically destroying our country, um, violating our constitutional rights, our basic God-given rights. And that's why I'm running for office. Beautiful. That's amazing. So tell us a little bit because you're 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 a very young candidate. You're what, 24, I believe, right? Yes, I'm 24. Wow. So that's amazing that you're already getting involved and in, in taking action. Tell us a little bit how what brought you to that? Like, how did you come to decide to run for Congress? Definitely. Well, you know, I, I was studying last year in my master's program. Uh, it was online because of COVID and the lockdowns and everything. And I have a longstanding religious exemption to vaccinations. It's been accepted everywhere I've gone my entire life. And my university mandated me to get the COVID-19 vaccine to attend the graduation of my master's degree. And I was not going to comply. So I took on my school's mandate, challenged it, and then won which was incredible. My school was one of the first in the country to mandate this vaccine. Which As we know, uh, this was Earlham College in okay. Indiana. So I had received my bachelor's degree there and then I was in a one year accelerated master's program. And then uh, since then, I've been fighting on the front lines of the medical freedom movement. I've helped almost 8,000 Americans in 48 states across the country file successful religious exemptions to save their jobs or continue going to school. As we know, college students were the first, you know, group of people that were mandated to get these uh, vaccines, which are experiments. Maybe you could shed some light on this for some of the viewers and us. Now, basically, your your freedom of religion, right? You should, yeah. as an American, you should be granted your freedom of religion. I shouldn't need to get granted permission through a religious exemption to not take a vaccine. What kind of hoops you got to jump through for this religious exemption, and why is that even a thing? Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. What, what do you What do you need to do? Well, you know, it's very interesting because in Indiana, they had different laws um, as opposed to New York, where you didn't need to write a religious exemption, which basically is just disclosing personal and, and I would think private information about your sincerely held religious beliefs. I don't think people should need to file religious exemptions to begin with. We should just be able to say no. In fact, vaccines and now testing are the only two um, medical treatments that you actually have to explain yourself why you don't want to get one instead of just saying no. We can decline surgeries. We can decline blood transfusions, operations, medications, everything except vaccines and, and testing, which is insane. They did the same thing for me with pain pills when I declined pain pills. They made me feel out a reason why I didn't want pain pills. Oh, really? What, was that recently? or Years ago, I got into a car accident, and they wanted to give me a bunch of pain medication. And I said, absolutely not. I don't want this garbage. 
and right. gave me signed signed release forms saying that I was denying the medication they were prescribing. And oh yeah, it was ridiculous. I couldn't believe it. I was like, this stuff is literally killing people left and right. Right. Uh, yeah. So That's crazy. So your school mandated. So you you uh, had a religious exemption for previous vaccines going into college. Then is what you're saying? Oh yeah, yeah. It was accepted from the beginning. I was a student at this school for five years, and then all of a sudden they said, "Oh, we're no longer going to accept that." And so I challenged them and I actually changed their whole policy. And how did you impact eight, like 8,000 people is a lot of people. How did you go? Like, what was the process for that? How did you reach that many people with this religious exemption? Cause it's, it was necessary. So many people were stuck and didn't know what to do. They were going to lose their jobs, get kicked out of school, et cetera. And uh, getting a religious exemption, I know it was very tough. We talked with Dr. Sharon, Shannon Croner, uh, for, uh, we had an interview with her a while back and she was explaining how difficult it was and it was virtually impossible for our men and women in the military. So how did you uh, attack that? Definitely. So I, I founded Students Against Mandates, which was um, a group of, of just students that were were not complying to vaccine mandates. Like I said, my, my school was the first they mandated for graduation last May. Um, but so a lot of students were starting to get mandated for for the fall. But then I, I also connected with Children's Health Defense. I now work with them. I serve as the co-chair to the Spiritual Advisory Committee. But Children's Health Defense is an organization uh, run by uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. And they do a lot of work on just protecting uh, children's rights and especially doing a lot of research on, on vaccines and, and lawsuits, etc. But but anyway, I I organized the first rally in New York State against college students being mandated to get these vaccines. And so I, you know, became very outspoken. I traveled all across, you know, the East Coast, speaking in, in different states, going to rallies in Connecticut, Massachusetts, um, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and obviously New York. I've been to DC a few times. And so I, you know, was just reaching out to different people. Different people were connecting with me. I was on Newsmax. I've been featured in the Boston Globe. And so I, you know, became very active in, in helping people. I have a website with information on how to file a religious exemption. And then I would host weekly workshops as well. What's that website? A studentsagainstmandates.com. So I'll link that down below for anybody that's still fighting against it's a great URL. <laughs> Thank any, you. Any college mandates? Cause I know they're, they're not as prevalent as they were a few months ago, but I'm sure there's still a few crazy liberal colleges that are still pushing. Uh, oh, yeah, definitely. Well, my, Go ahead. Right, and, and I will say, you know, I only know of, of about 8,000 people that have told me that their religious exemptions were approved. But last month, my, my website had another 2,000 views. So, um, you know, in the, in the beginning, I, I think over um, over 100,000 people have, have at least viewed my website, um, which, is, which is incredible. But I've only heard back from, from you know, some Is traffic people. being generated organically or through like social media? Or what are you using to direct traffic to your website? Just word of mouth? Yeah, social media, a lot of it's word of mouth. I was sharing a lot of information in different groups or different uh, groups that were connecting with each other based on state. So um, there were a lot of different uh, groups that had reached out to me in California or Idaho. And so um, I connected with people through there. People can email me as well if you need help with religious exemptions. So Kate Corrigan at protonmail.com. That's amazing because a lot of people probably – uh, are still going through it. There's so many crazy. A lot of people just give up too. Yeah, they, well, that's a, that's yeah. exactly what it is. They give up. 
and they don't they don't want to be bothered. They just it's easier to just accept it. What did you get your master's in or getting your master's in? So I got my master's in religion and okay. I'm now an ordained Christian minister. So I became ordained in, in January and I am actually supposed to be studying at Boston University for my second master's degree in, in divinity. Uh, but unfortunately, I was suspended and banned from campus due to noncompliance, uh, which is very <laughs> <laughs> And what was the noncompliance? Not getting the jab? Um, no, well, they, um, I, I actually did not submit a religious exemption. I had just told them I have a religious exemption and they said, okay, well, we'll accept that. And, and that was fine. But they were requiring all students, faculty and staff at the time to get weekly nasal tests. And um, I have medical exemptions to the nasal test. There's also, also many concerns for people to get these weekly uh, nasal swabs because they have ethylene oxide. And we don't know what the long-term effects of these nasal tests have on, on, on somebody. And so um, I have, you know, uh, medical exemptions to the to the nasal tests and the school Boston University was going through the process of accepting these medical exemptions and I was going to do an alternative test I said oh well, I'll, I'll do a saliva test I'll do a blood test I'll do some other test but not the nasal test and so um, they said okay we're, we're going to try to work something out and then I was featured in the Boston Globe for helping many people with religious exemptions. And then the day after, I was notified there would be no alternative to the testing. Is that discriminatory against your, your medical history and also your religion? It is. It is. You have, so do you have a lawsuit right now? I do. Pending? I Good. do have a lawsuit pending. So I'm, I'm currently in litigation. So this is a fundamental flaw in this whole entire China virus narrative. Yeah. It's these nasal swab tests because we already know that these PCR tests are completely fugazi. They don't test for anything. You could cycle them out as many times as you want until you find what you want to find. The creator of the PCR test, Kerry Mullis, said it was not meant to be picked up a pick up a viral load. He just coincidentally died in 2019. And yet they're still pushing this PCR test and trying to pump these cases and say that, that China virus is coming back in full swing and based on these faulty statistics. So if you were to win your election and get into Congress, New York is very strict with a lot of these, with a lot of these testing facilities, and they probably have a, a ton of them everywhere. What steps are you going to try to take to remove these testing facilities and implement the new test that they were supposed to roll out in the beginning of 2022, which they still have yet to roll out? Yeah, well, this is a great question. And I think that there's, there, I will say, we have to question where the money's coming from. And I, I think that a lot of money is involved in regards to pushing these nasal tests. Why just the nasal test? Why can't people have an alternative to a saliva test? There's about 90 different ways to test for COVID. Um, but also, you know, we're, we're neglecting the real science here. If you are have symptoms for something or you have symptoms or you're sick or you're ill, then you go to the doctor and you get a test, right? We don't randomly test for the flu every year. Um, they, they don't force us to get the flu test every year unless you actually have symptoms. So it makes no sense to get tested for something that you have no symptoms for whatsoever, period. And so, you know, it's very unfortunate that people who are unvaccinated, oftentimes uh, their employer will force them to actually pay to do these tests. 
if they're unvaccinated. And so, you know, this is a way for them to make money, to control people, to make it very difficult to just go about your life being unvaccinated. And that's literally what's been happening in New York City with um, businesses not allowing you to uh, eat or right to eat in a restaurant or go to a movie theater, see a sports game, unless you show your papers. And so, you know, what what I would like to do and what I plan on doing in day one in Congress is introducing my Medical Freedom Protection Act, which covers three very basic things. And one of them is that any institution or business or employer or company that requires people to get a vaccine or a test or wear a mask uh, will lose federal funding. And this will this will like solve the problem with colleges because every single university gets federal funding except Hillsdale, right? And so, you know, the, the other part of this medical freedom policy is that we need to hold Anthony Fauci accountable for lying to the people about COVID, about its origins, and about preventable treatments because people have died at the hands of, of liars and thieves and, and frauds um, because that's that's what who Anthony Fauci is and, and who the CDC are as well. And not just not just those two. You have the governors of New Jersey, party tits in New York, who forced sick people into nursing homes and got old people killed, literally murdered them. Yeah, juiced up the numbers. And just to juice up the numbers, and nobody wants to talk about it, and everybody wants to sweep it under the rug. That oh, oh, he 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 got he got fired because he sexually harassed an aide. Meanwhile, we want to forget about that he literally murdered people's grandparents elderly people it's disgusting it is. Uh, and it was all the juice of the numbers just just like the score to begin with so where do you think if you follow the money where do you think the money's being funneled from i have my speculations but i'm curious to see what you think yeah well there, there's definitely a lot of speculations i i will say that um there there needs to be a full investigation in regards to um the CDC and the FDA's involvement with China. Um, and so I, you know, there's a lot of, you know, different suspicions that people have in regards to, you know, where the money's coming from. But I think it's very interesting that the White House, um, you know, started incentivizing college campuses to uh, mandate the vaccine and mandate testing. And so there was a lot of money that was being funneled. And now we're, we're starting to hear different money that was supposed to be allocated to COVID funds uh, for um for primary age school uh, schools, and now that's been used to push uh, CRT. So you know it's it's very interesting how we can see these two um, issues correlate with the indoctrination of kids and pushing mandates and, and vaccines and and masks and tests on on children. But um, but I, I think that there needs to be a full investigation. I 100% agree with you. It definitely needs to be looked into. But I. We need people to get in there that are actually going to take action. You know, as much as we have some good congressmen and women, nine, I would say 99% of them aren't trustworthy. Uh, we have a lot of lip service. Congressmen. We have a lot of investigations also, and then really nothing comes from it. And so a lot of yes. times these investigations is just a way to kind of keep certain bases, you know, kind of satisfied or, you know, looking at a little carrot on a stick, but nothing actually ever happens. China. That's where I think it came from. Well, the good yeah. thing is you're 24, so there's not much dirt on you because you haven't been around that long, really. No one could blackmail you like they could some of these other guys with their dirty backgrounds, you know? 
It's very true. It's Take very us through true. history. Like, how, how actually did you get into politics? Like, did you did you have a father or an uncle or a mom or an aunt who was heavily into politics? No, no, none of, none of my family's been involved in politics. Um, I will say I, I was homeschooled, so I, I learned a lot about civics and government. My, my mother pulled me out of traditional schooling in third grade, and I, I got the best education in my life. Um, I really believe that. I'm a big yeah. supporter of, of, of homeschooling and, and parents really, you know, taking control of their, of their kids' education um, instead of leaving it in the hands of the government uh, because we, we see what, what the outcome is. Uh, with that, with the with the leftist agenda. So you, when you when you first started your career in, not, I guess maybe in politics or, or dabbling into this, where do you, where were you politically? Where did you where did you fall? More left, more right? Yeah, definitely. Well, I, I will say, you know, growing up, you know, my family was more of a constitutionalist Democratic family. Like on on, on Long Island or in New York, there's kind of a lot of more center Democrats. And I, I think that, you know, during uh, when, when President Trump took office, you could see how the media and how our educational system was really trying to infiltrate uh, our college campuses, infiltrate our kids and, you know, really just sway everything that was that was really happening in the world. You know, we saw that with the uh, Black Lives Matter, um, the riots in the streets and all this violence that was um, being perpetrated by by the leftist agenda. And so I, I think that um, we, we've seen a lot of damage the past five years, and it's woken up a lot of people and a lot of people that were more conservative uh, Democrats that maybe were Democrats on, on uh, specific issues go full on into um, more of, of, of taking on the Republican Party. So so uh, were you able to vote in 2016? Were you old enough? Yes, I, I was actually living in India, so I didn't really participate in any voting. Oh, you didn't do um, any mail-in ballots, legal legal <laughs> mail-in ballots? Yeah, no, she I, voted four I times. Did not. I did okay. not. So yeah. then coming back to the States and you're 24, you probably just recently graduated not that long ago. Congress was your first venture into politics then? That was the first time you decided to say, hey, I want to run, I want to get involved in politics? Well, I, I think that it's not so much getting involved in politics, it's getting involved in your community, which I've been getting involved in my community for a long time, going to Board of Education meetings, mm -hmm. um, speaking up for small businesses that were shut down during the COVID lockdowns. It's going to rallies and different meetings happening in the community, different patriot groups. Um, I've been a part of a lot of different patriot groups like Americans for Legal Reform uh, for like five years. Um, I've been going to different uh, groups that support defending the Second Amendment. And so, you know, I've always been involved in my community and I, I don't think that there's much of a distinction because oftentimes people say, oh, well, you're a politician, but really they're they're servants to the people. And so I've always been. Yes, yes. But I've always been involved in 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 the community and um, hearing hearing different opinions from people in the community, which is unfortunately what right now we have politicians are not doing right. So they, they're not well connected to what's actually going on and why Americans are struggling right now. Families are struggling. Parents are struggling. Children are struggling. They're struggling all they're over. Sure. Well, restaurants should let people sit and eat rather than ask them for a vaccine card. Maybe they'll have a little more business. Right. Yeah. Now what yeah. our viewers catalyst wants to know a little bit about your opponents that you're running against. Are they rhinos? Uh, definitely. So my, my first opponent um, is Nick Lalota, 
And he actually worked for uh, the Board of Elections as a commissioner uh, during the 2020 election. And uh, have you guys seen 2000 Mules? I've seen bits and pieces. I haven't seen the whole thing yet. I just haven't had a chance. I know a lot about it. I did see it. I did see it. What did you think of it? It was um, really heartbreaking watching what what evidence um, was shown. You know, when you we've all been questioning what really happened during the 2020 election. We've seen bits and pieces of information come out of Arizona and Pennsylvania, um, but when you see the actual video footage, um, they have over four million minutes of video footage of people um, going in and and putting uh, dropping off ballots in the ballot boxes at three o'clock in the morning. And what kind they, of punishment do you think should happen to these people? And why these people need yet? to be arrested? Full, uh, well, you know, held accountable to the fullest extent of the law. I mean, this is this is a outrageous. If this was happened. like the early 1700s or like well, late 1700s. What do you think would happen to them? Oh, I mean, like, it'd be during that time, there was. Is that how we do squads? I mean, that's treason. It's a coordinated conspiracy, though. It's not just the the people who are putting in the drop, um, the ballots. You know, it's much, much higher than that. And that's what needs to be held accountable, because if we don't fix that, really, it it seems like everything is meaningless. And so what would you say to, to voters who are disheartened by this information that we've really known for two years, but now really is coming to light for for a lot of people now? And they say, well, my vote doesn't count, so why bother? Right. So, I mean, at this point, I, I think a lot of people do believe their their vote doesn't count. And even long before the 2020 election, we've seen that we've elected Republicans to office and they've just failed us. Right. We, we, we thought that we could depend on our representatives to defend our constitutional rights when small businesses were shut down, our places of worship were shut down, our schools were shut down. And so, you know, we, we see this continuously where we elect people into office to serve the people and then they fail us. And so in that way, also, people believe that their vote does not count. But that's why people need to get involved. And yeah. um, I'm a, I highly encourage people to go and and volunteer at your polls, be a poll watcher, stand outside different ballot boxes, ballot box drops, and um, just watch what's happening. And if you see like something that that doesn't look right, doesn't feel right, ask questions, call the authorities. um, And, and, you know, that's, that's what we need to do is we need to get involved because if we don't get involved now, like we already see we're living in such a pivotal time that if we don't change things right now, you know, that our future is very bleak. A hundred percent. And it's very difficult. Like I, I've been, and our show has been very vocal about fixing 2020 before we worry about 2022. We, we, we also have a guest question. If you want to address that, James, I'll, I'll address it in yeah. a second. I'll address I'm going to get to that. Um, but, uh, it's very hard for us to sit here and tell our audience to go out and vote because we have to, we have to. Yeah, um, we need to overwhelm the rigging. I also think the audience should listen up, and and people should just act on their constitutional rights. Don't shut your business down. No, yes, of course. Keep it open, of course. Yes, but yes. specifically, you know, I'm, about I'm, people I'm, are very I'm, disheartened with their votes. Very disheartened. They're, it's it's very difficult for many many people to go out there and be like, you know what, this is the right person for the job. I want to go vote for them. But from everything that I've seen through the Lady Ruby through the Dominion servers, through the Arizona uh, duplicate signatures and no signatures, the nursing homes in Wisconsin, 
and now 2,000 mules, it's very difficult to tell people to go out and vote. How what what can you tell people to expect in New York in this 2022 midterm? Because the closer we get, it's it's happening. Right. Well, I, I think that's something that's so important is that you need to ask the candidates that are running for, you know, Congress or Senate in your district. Like, what are you going to do now that you see all of this evidence? of what happened in the 2020 election, what are you going to do to try to prevent what happened in 2020 to ever happen again, moving forward? And so, you know, today I, I put out a press release in regards to, you know, what happened. And and like you like you asked before, well, what, um, who, who are your other opponents? So Nick Lalota, he actually worked for the Board of Elections as the Republican commissioner uh, during the 2020 election. He's actually worked there for a long time and he's failed to comment on 2000 mules and, and the, the shocking evidence that has been uncovered. Uh, and so, you know, the, the, the issue at hand is that we've had problems with election integrity for a long time. This is this is nothing new. I think now this has been such a huge extreme that it's you know, change the, the the results of the 2020 election. But we've seen problems on a local level of, of congressional races a few years ago in North Carolina, where there was election fraud in, in a smaller local election. And so, um, but I, I think at this point, we need to hold people accountable and ask questions and call people out. Why aren't you talking about this? What was your involvement if you're silent on this, right? And so uh, one thing that's very interesting in New York, there's a group called um, New York Citizens Audit. And they're a group of like 500 citizens, uh, volunteers who have been investigating uh, voter data uh, by foiling records. And so from the New York State uh, Department of, of, of Elections. And so um, what they have found is that there were over 300,000 false duplicate regist uh, registrations for single voters. And in addition to that, there were over 10,000 people in New York State that voted in the 2020 election that were all born on the same date. It's January 1st, 1850. Mm -hmm. which is insane, 1850. And so, um, and interestingly enough, in Suffolk County, the, the county that I'm running for Congress in, and the county um, where my opponent worked in, uh, the Board of Elections in, there was a total of over 5,000 um, irregular votes. Um, and so, you know, the, the question at hand is, if, if you're not coming out and speaking out about what happened in the 2020 election, any irregularities that you saw that you're being silent about, you, you need to come forward now. And unfortunately, my opponent has not done that. Yeah, it's really unfortunate. I 100 percent agree with that statement because I've been very outspoken about the fact that it shouldn't have taken a Dinesh D'Souza documentary for you to understand that this election was stolen and rigged. We should have been screaming and yelling at the top of our lungs. All of these conservative influencers and these politicians that are in power should have been screaming and yelling from the top of their lungs that this was stolen election and they did nothing. Now, well, Tucker's team specifically asked them not to mention the movie. Right. And same with Newsmax and Kerry Lake, who's running for governor of Arizona, yeah. went on today and was like, oh, we're going to talk about it anyway. They're all part of the same uniparty. Oh. So sometimes people, you know, it doesn't matter whether their vote even counts or not, because the people say one thing, they get elected, they do another, and they're really all part of the same big club. And the yeah. people are the ones who continue to pay the price. 100%. So, Kate, I want to get into this for a second. Um, we've had a lot of candidates on the show. I've spoken to many myself and we've seen over the years, a lot of 
candidates that have come through and said all of the right things, looked fantastic, and came out and did the complete opposite. It's happened to us so many times. So um, it's something that I have to bring up. So I asked you earlier if if running for Congress, this is the first time that you got yourself involved in politics. Um, it was kind of a loaded question because I know it wasn't the case. And I want to give give you the floor and I want to give you the opportunity to explain uh, a little bit more about your past and your involvement in politics. So I know that when you were 10, you begged your mother to go and work for the Hillary Clinton campaign in 2008, correct? I, I volunteered um, mm -hmm. on the uh, Hillary Clinton campaign. Um, yes, I was I was 10 years old. Um, yeah, people change. I just I just wanted to give, give you the opportunity to clarify for our audience because I'm sure people are going to are, are asking these questions as well. Um, so I'd rather hear it from you than from mainstream media articles. And James voted for Obama in his first election, too. So don't feel bad. Yeah, no, I absolutely. I voted yeah. for Obama. No, no, no. I, I don't feel bad. I, I think that when when people ask me, like my involvement in politics, um, I don't really consider uh, when I was 10 and it was part of my my work is like homeschooling and I was very excited to to learn about um, government and civics and all of that as being like involved in politics. Um, I don't. I think that, you know, when when you're 10 years old, there's only so much that you can really understand and and grasp. And mm -hmm. so um, that's why when when you ask like my involvement in politics, this is my first time running for office. Um, you know, the first time that I could actually vote in an election was eight years after I had, you know, volunteered mm -hmm. a few times um, on a on a presidential campaign. And mm -hmm. so that's why when when you asked me that question, it it um, this this is my my first time running for office and being really a part mm -hmm. of the political process. Do you, is that the only campaign that you worked for? Um, at the, at the time, I think that the democratic headquarters that I was volunteering for Hillary had different events for a few other candidates, um, that I had attended. So, um, I will say in addition to that, there was a, a campaign when I was, um, 17 that I, that I worked on for about a month and a half, um, mm -hmm. that I also did some volunteer work at, well, what do uh, they have you do at 10 years old? At 10 years old, I, I did some phone calls. I did some paperwork in the office. Yeah. I went to like a few different rallies. I was um, riding my bike at 10. Yeah. <laughs> well, what's really interesting yeah. is I always tell people, you know, at the same time when, you know, you're, you're 10, when I was 10, I also was a Girl Scout and uh, took ballet classes. And so. Yeah, you were a normal, a normal 10. Yeah, I mean, we're, a normal the other, it was like an other. extracurricular activity. With the other campaign that you worked on when you were 17, did you do any like door knocking and things like that? Is that what you were doing? No, no. I, w I was just in the office. Um, I was in the office making making phone calls. I didn't do any any door knocking. Or so the reports of you door knocking isn't true is what you're saying? Yeah, that that article they had uh, misquoted. Um that information but yeah i didn't i didn't do any canvassing or door knocking i had uh only um i only did some uh work in the office like paperwork phone calls talking to different volunteers in the office that mm -hmm. sort of thing so that's awesome um and so it got kind of dipped your toe into the political atmosphere and then when you were in college um you wrote an essay and the reason why i bring this essay up is because it kind of contradicts everything that you believe now. And it's quite a drastic change 
from your stance on American First, Second Amendment, freedom, and Amer and America First. Um, and it was very anti-American. And now I will give you the benefit of the doubt. People do change. It does happen. But you said in in a college essay that uh, here it is. How can how can we create peace in the U.S. considering it was built on theft, genocide, slavery, and institutionalized misogyny? What made you believe, if you were a conservative Democrat, what made you believe in college that this country was built on theft, slavery, genocide, and institutionalized misogyny? Okay, so this is this is a really good question. Um, I'm I'm kind of glad that you that you um, bring this up. So uh, yeah, I want to hear from you. I don't want to hear from New York Post. I want to give you the opportunity to clarify and tell everybody what's really going on because you sound great. Everything that you talk about is fantastic. I've been following your campaign for a little bit, and I really like what you have to have to offer. But this was this is very alarming, and I'm sure people are going to have questions yeah. about it. So I'd rather you tell tell everybody straight straight from the horse's mouth. Yeah, definitely. This is this is a great question. So, um, I, I will say I, I went to kind of a more liberal college um, in Indiana, and I think that I started waking up to a lot of issues within the indoctrination. And I saw this, and it was interesting that you said that it, that it seemed like against the Second Amendment, which is like totally not uh, me, and it has never been against the Second Amendment. In fact, in in twenty eighteen. Um, I've always been involved in religious life. At, at, in college, I was the co-president to um, an interfaith community and really involved in, in religious freedom and, and all of that. And I worked closely with the Jewish Student Union. And there was a shooting at the uh, Tree of Life Synagogue in Philadelphia back in 2018. I don't know if you guys remember. Yeah. And so I helped organize a memorial service with the Jewish community on, on campus. And shortly after, like after that ceremony, we were all hanging out. And then there was a bunch of students saying, oh, well, we need to now, you know, take away gun rights and we should work with this organization and organize this up. And I was, and I was like, wait a minute, you know, like I'm totally against anti-Semitism. I will call out anti-Semitism, you know, immediately whenever it comes to the forefront. Um, but taking away gun rights is not something I'm a part of. So um, I, I don't know where you got that from that essay, but I will say well, I didn't say I didn't say that it was uh, you were anti Second Amendment. I was saying that your stance now is very pro Second Amendment, yes. very pro freedom, and a statement like that, and pro America and America First. And that statement is the complete opposite uh, right. of, of everything that you stand for now. And that well, was you can hold. I just want to jump. You can still love America, and you can that still was, say we're built on theft genocide but we slavery but we weren't and i mean that, we that <laughs> we that, killed a lot of people here there that's a a statement that's goes directly against what you believe now and it was only made four years ago yeah definitely. so I, I will say that a professor helped me to write um that essay which was utilized to um have different internships so this was a a paper that i that i wrote that i submitted to a bunch of different internships i had copied and pasted a hundred you know probably a hundred times um and it was it was written with the support of a few different advisors that i had in college um and utilized to um, basically have, have internships. So that was the purpose of, of that, um, that paper. But that doesn't, does, so why, but why, why did you write that on the paper? Like what made you believe that at the time? 
Yeah. So at, at the time, I don't I don't think I I fully really believed all of those statements in in the paper. I think so that one thing that needs to be taken into consideration is college students, especially now more than ever, people see that um, if you do not fully agree with the leftist agenda, you are harassed, you are threatened, you are silenced, you are sometimes expelled or suspended, which I have experienced basically all of those because of my conservative beliefs. So I will say that obviously there was a some recognition, which I recognize now, of indoctrination that my school was putting upon me. In fact, um, two years ago, my professor told me I was explaining my beliefs on religious freedom and the Constitution. And she said, oh, well, I can't wait to change your whole conception and your whole belief system on that the next few months. And so I think that, you know, when people take different essays that college students write in, in college and are graded on, and sometimes if you don't write what you are supposed to write to get a good grade or to try to um, maybe apply for an internship, et cetera, then you are, then you are harassed, right? And you're, you are young um, in, in college. And that's, that's what happens on college campuses. And I agree that definitely happens on college campuses, but you were very outspoken as it was. You were already helping out on campaigns at 17 years old. You're, but now uh, don't you think something similar could happen if you're in Congress? Uh, no, I, I don't think so because I, I work for the people. Um, members but I'm of talking Congress about as far as being able to be influenced or, you know, someone, you, yeah, someone, someone come up to you and indoctrinated you in college and in, in Congress. I don't think so. There's, there's, there's very, um, you know, on, on college campuses, you, um, you have your professors who kind of become, uh, very influential in in your life and they uh they grade you right so you're dependent on um grades by them to then succeed later on right if you're applying for grad school or if you're um, applying to a doctorate program etc and so there's a lot more control and manipulation that professors utilize to abuse their students and that's what they're doing now in in elementary school to their kids but what i'm saying is that also happens in congress because then you have people that are the heads of certain committees that will wield their power in certain ways to get certain votes from their constituents because they want to get certain bits of legislation passed so there could be i'm not saying it would be exactly the same as college of course but there could be similar instances of things like that happening um down the road i'm sure i'm sure there could there could be i will say that there, there is a difference right between i'm sorry do you think that's happening right now currently do you think congressmen and women are being influenced by the people that are in these in power of these committees I definitely think that there are some people that literally work for the establishment, right? They're they're kind of brought in by different people to run for office, uh, and they're just pawns. Um, I, I do think that 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 can p potentially happen, and that's why people need to ask questions as far as well, who is supporting you or guiding you in running for office? Right. So uh -huh. I would think that that would be a question that a lot of the people in your district would ask because as a 24 year old, you know, you haven't been working all that long, you know, there, I would assume that you certainly haven't amassed like a fortune, like someone like Donald Trump. So you will need funds to pay for your campaign, to pay for your ads, to pay for the people knocking on doors. So where are these funds going to come from? All right, definitely. So, so obviously they're, my my campaign um, base, all of all of my donations have come from the people. 
um, not from big organizations, not from the establishment. I'm actually running up against the establishment. So my opponent, Nick Lalota, um, has not been to one Board of Education meeting, has not been to one rally uh, against the mandates, against the vaccine mandates, uh, protecting kids' rights. And he is nowhere to be found in the district. In fact, he doesn't even live in the district. So, um, and he remains silent on the, on questions regarding the 2020 election. So his money and his viewpoints and ideas do not come from him himself. Uh, they come from somebody else. So if you- Will were, you guys debate? Do you have a uh, debate scheduled or? I don't think he wants to do a debate. <laughs> doesn't sound like- <laughs> Not have it on the show. So, so um, if you were able, if you're- college professors were able to influence what you were writing on a paper, something to that extent, four years ago, what would you tell your constituents that are that you want to vote for you that you're not going to be bullied or pushed around while you're in Congress to vote a certain way or just toe the line like 99.9% .9 of congressmen and women today? Yeah, well, well, I think my my track record in regards to holding the line and not complying to uh, get the COVID-19 vaccine and challenge my school's uh, mandate uh, shows that I um, will not comply and will not cave to the establishment. Um, my entire student account was deleted. I was removed from speaking at graduation. I received death threats um, from people I went to school with in regards to showing up to graduation without being vaccinated. Um, I was actually, uh, then people tried to get me removed from a summer internship that I had last summer. And so, um, I mean, I, I think what, what happened to me and what transpired in regards to being a college student that um, has conservative beliefs, that is unvaccinated, um, I have held the line and been resilient through all of that. Um, and I, I think that that shows some sort of strength and determination that, no, I'm not going to comply. I'm not going to do what you tell me to do. And I don't care what the repercussions will be because I am a free and sovereign person. And I believe in the Constitution. I believe in individual freedom. And for some reason, you're called a conspiracy theorist if you believe in individual freedom. I've heard that before, 100%. That was uh, a great answer, I got to tell you. Really, really unfortunate. So then what... what what did the professor do or say that made you put something like that on a piece of paper? Well, I mean, just it, to, to interject for a little bit, you know, as well as I do, I would have said anything on any college paper just to get a grade personally. And it's not like I, I know when I was in college, That's I why wasn't I go to college. Yeah, I wasn't thinking like five and 10 years ahead that, Oh, well, what I'm writing on this particular paper may be viewed you know, around, uh, around the country in, in a future political race or something like that. I just wanted to get per, this is just me. I just wanted to get the grade. So, I mean, I can understand that. Right. Definitely. I mean, I, I think I, I don't, I can't really go back to that specific moment, you know, in, in time when I was writing the paper, because it was just, you know, a paper I was working on with, with one of my advisors and, I've written many, you know, thousands of papers, even for my master's program, it was accelerated program. So, um, I mean, I, I, I wrote that paper so many years ago. I, I don't remember that exact I'm, moment, but. I'm just curious as to why you didn't just put your conservative values uh, and America, America first values that you say you grew up with on the paper instead that America was founded on theft, slavery and misogyny. Like, do you truly believe that this country is misogynistic? 
No, no, I, I said that I don't, I don't, I don't believe, uh, I don't believe anything that's kind of written in, in that, in that paper. Um, I don't. And I, like I mentioned before, I think that there was obviously some indoctrination uh, that was, was pushed and infiltrated on, in regards to being on, on college campuses. But no, I don't, I reject all of the statements made in, in that paper. Do, do you have a moment along, you know, say the last however many years from growing up center left constitutional Democrat to being um, a conservative? Like, did you have a specific red pill moment or were there several? What was that process? Yeah, like, well, yeah, like, like I mentioned, I, I think one of the, the, the biggest moments was in regards to um, what happened during after I had organized that memorial service for um, Jewish community on, on campus and a whole bunch of students were really pushing uh, this idea to get involved in some groups to take away gun rights. And so, like I mentioned before, I've always supported religious freedom, supported the freedom of people um, to, to practice their religion. When I studied and, and lived in, in Northern India for almost five months, I learned a lot about uh, persecution of, of religious people, especially in communist China. And so I, I think also now, um, even what we saw after, you know, the presidential election of, of Donald Trump, the censorship of, of conservatives online, uh, the fact that journalism is dead and mm -hmm. has slowly become dead over the past few years, because it wasn't like automatically journalism is dead, right? It was a progression of, you know, attacks on our rights to free speech, free press, our rights to bear arms, right? So there's been a progression in the United States of becoming a, a communist country. And that's what happens across the, the world when you study history. Countries don't automatically become communistic, right? It's a slow progression. And that's mm -hmm. what we've seen. And I, I always make the parallels of when I I studied in Taiwan as well, and when I, when I lived in, in India for almost five months, that I see and I've witnessed and, and can make the parallels of the comparisons of what has happened in, in China, in all of the countries that China's invaded uh, with their communistic beliefs and, and, and insanity. And we, when we see that here in the United States with people being censored, I've, I'm on my third Instagram account um, for spreading misinformation. I... I've been taken off of, of PayPal and Venmo um, because I'm some conspiracy theorist. And so, like, obviously, conservatives have been attacked um, many different ways on, online. And so we right now we are living in such a pivotal time that if we do not protect and defend the Constitution, there will be no more America that we can recognize. Right. It's unrecognizable what has happened in years. It already is unrecognizable. It really is. Now, so I agree with what you're saying about China. Um, now, New York has a lot of ports and a lot of um, import-export coming in, and China is known for buying up our ports and controlling them. If you get into Congress, what steps are, are you going to take to eliminate China's involvement in our ports and even, even buying up land because they're buying up a ton of land as well? Right, definitely. Well, I think what, what needs to happen is America itself needs to um, remove or uh, depend less on China, because unfortunately, we depend on China for a lot. Right? When you think in the beginning of COVID, all of our masks, all of our ventilators were coming from China. In fact, a lot of our, our, our um, drugs, 
also come from China as well. And so we need to become independent as a country and really support American businesses, American industries, right? Just like our oil industry. Now we're relying on communist Russia for our oil. And where has that gotten us, right? All of our, um, all of our oil industry jobs, everyone was fired. Right. And so our, our economy is struggling now tremendously. Gas prices are through the roof. And so, you know, that's why we need to focus more on protecting American jobs, our American oil industry, our American pharmaceutical industry, and do what we can here as opposed to relying on communist countries. Well, it definitely needs to change. We've been relying on them for too long and they, they want to outsource everything. Bill Clinton outsourced our medicine to China in the 90s. And we've been paying dearly for it ever since. Um, and uh, so in Long Island, uh, I loved it out there. I used to go surfing out in Long Island all the time as a kid. Um, I, I do know that there's a terrible water issue in Long Island. Um, there's a lot of contaminants inside the water. Um, yes. What are some steps that we could take? to eliminate some of those contaminations because long island is also ranked in one of the highest places uh for breast cancer as well and i'm sure those two kind of go hand in hand yeah definitely i mean that's that's a great question on on a federal level or as far as you know running for for congress um that's not particularly an issue that i would be um voting on or like introducing legislation on because that's like more of a, a state issue. Uh, so that's something that would need to be addressed by the legislature, the state Senate, mm -hmm. the state Senate. Um, but I, I think that obviously we need to put in some, some funds to do research on what we can do and uh, look or at other states. And what they've, sorry. Or just bring awareness to it because I'm sure yeah. people don't even know what's going on. Yeah, bring bring awareness to it and also, you know, maybe do some research as far as what other states have done to try to remove the um, contaminants that are in the water that are that are causing cancer. So I, I will say that there there is some some information on on what um, natural remedies can do to try to uh, help with different uh, diseases, et cetera. But unfortunately, you know, pharmaceutical industries don't don't uh, like to to shed light on, on that information as well. well Speaking of that, since you will be in, in a federal position now, I was reading something recently about legislation. I don't know if it was Dick Durbin that he was putting through for regulating the natural supplement uh, industry to try and uh, get a, a tighter control on that. So what, what are your what are your thoughts on that? I'm not a supporter of restricting uh, restricting that at all. In, in fact, the federal government should not be restricting the people. Um, and instead the federal government should be restricted itself. I agree with that. What I agree uh, as well. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, I'm interested to hear your thoughts on climate change because that's a big, hot, hot topic in Congress today. It is definitely. I mean, I, I think one thing that the, the left likes to do is to push this whole climate change agenda, but then we're still drilling for oil in, in another country. So what, what is that really doing well, if we're not drilling our own what are oil? Your beliefs on it, though? My views on on climate change. Well, I think that at, at this time, um, you know, there there's some research that shows that you know the climate that our that our Earth is is warming up. Um, but I and I obviously be interested in in looking into different 
alternatives, but I'm not a supporter whatsoever of completely throwing out an industry that we have to replace a new one. And in fact, that honestly doesn't make any sense and would totally harm our economy uh, completely. So I, I think what what makes the most sense is that we protect American jobs and our American oil industry here at home. And we can start looking into all their alternatives um, as well. But the whole concept of throwing our own American oil industry out, depending on communist countries for oil and begging on our hands and knees to get more oil um, is completely insane. And we're still drilling oil. So how is that helping climate change? It's not. So you think climate change exists to like the extent where we're going to have rising sea levels like this? No, 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 no. I I, I think obviously like, you know, that there there might be some information um, that's valid that maybe the the earth is 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 warming. But as far as the 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 levels and the data that different, you know, scientists are putting out there, I mean, they said by, you know, 2030, all of Long Island would be. They said this in 2000. Right, exactly. So I I think that that's completely um, ludicrous information that they're they're putting out. And and none of that actually comes to fruition. So you were against the the Paris Climate Accord? Oh, yes, definitely. Uh, Because that was a disaster that we got went back in and again, doesn't help the environment whatsoever. Now everything's better. Right. And they, they come up with all these these ludicrous ideas saying, oh, this will help climate change. And it doesn't. Right. Like we're we're still drilling for oil in another country. How is that helping? That's just destroying. Like we're, our sh- and we're shipping it over here using uh, no, climate change is the name on our uh, foreign bank account. So the it's helping climate change. And then there you go. That's all. It's just, <laughs> yeah. just funneling funneling money from the people and into the pockets of these globalist bureaucrats. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. And one thing that, you know, I, I like to bring up sometimes is that, you know, different different leftists want to bring in all these windmills. And when you think about the thousands and thousands and thousands of birds that die every single day from these mm-hmm. windmills, I mean, right, if you're so concerned about animal rights and, you know, the climate and the environment and endangered species, then, you know, the, the windmills cause more harm than good. What do you think about starting the federal initiative, clean up the masks from our ocean? Um, I I haven't learned heard much about this. No, no, no. I'm just saying I, I'm just making it up now because it's funny because most of the people that are so drastically concerned with climate change are the same people that are wearing three masks and then throwing them in the trash, right? And so we have how many probably tens of thousands of tons of disposed of masks yeah just floating out in the great pacific garbage patch i'm sure and um it's it's just so it's so ridiculous because on one hand protect the environment on the other hand we're we're really i can't go a day without seeing one on the ground no they're all over the place it's disgusting it's disgusting it never used to be like that no they never used to be and they didn't do a damn thing either so no 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 they did they didn't and you know they cause more harm than good for for young children that were forced to wear these masks eight hours a day. I mean, it's it's really just horrifying. So, but yeah, yeah. You're, you're completely right. This is just another one of like the many um, hypocrisies of the leftist agenda regarding climate change. Yeah, it's, it's, it's out of control. I mean, they, they say all the things that you want to hear, the leftists want to hear at least, and they do the complete opposite. They all have beach yeah. properties. They're all flying Private. I believe yes. we should take care of the environment. I mean, I really do believe that it's something to be cherished and to, to be preserved for future for future generations to the extent that, oh, just 
pay more money in tax or get the COVID climate change. Yeah, that that of course is bullshit. But everyone wants to live in in a clean area with clean water and clean air. And why not put you know, the same, not have to, same standards on China and India? Through the no, hundred absolutely, a hundred, a hundred, a hundred percent. You know why not? Why not? hold them accountable when they're the largest but to, also we could have been making plastics out of hemp you know for yep. the last however right. many decades right and how mm-hmm. many millions and millions of tons that and we could that have made fuel out of hemp we could have made henry ford made a car out of hemp that was virtually yeah. indestructible and it's all again just follow the money right yep. exactly exactly and china is is the largest polluter in the in the world mm-hmm. so you know instead the left wants to uh support china um, especially and 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 China has been committing a lot of left love to say that oh I'm a human rights activist and oh you know human rights and we need to stop uh, or prevent you know humanitarian crises etc. Um, but then you know China has been commu- committing their own human rights violations against their own people against neighboring countries forever. So I mean it's it's completely ludicrous, and that's why you know I was really shocked in regards to this whole, um, you know, with 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 COVID and and China's involvement with COVID. That so many uh, people who who claim to be oh I we need to stop um, human trafficking that's happening in China or stop you know the fact that China is restricting religious freedom, but then jump on board of oh well we need to defend China now in regards to the COVID virus. So. It's crazy. Well, we were lied to completely about COVID and China's involvement from the get. Uh, you know, people don't want to read Dr. Fauci's emails. They don't want to even look at them. They want to sweep them under the rug like they don't even exist. If you just believe and do the opposite of everything the federal government tells you. You're you're well informed and you're, you know, on the right path. So. Yeah, well, that's why we, we need to question everything. I mean, when you, when you think about uh, different situations that, that have happened in history, um, you know, the, for anybody to blindly believe their government um, is really, really crazy. And that's why I'm, I'm running for, for Congress, because I, I don't trust the government. I don't, uh, especially now we have this Ministry of Truth. Um, which is completely insane. I mean, when you when you think about different dictators across uh, history, they've had their own uh, ministry of truth. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I, I mean, it, it's just horrifying when you see the comparisons of communistic dictator dictatorships that have um, basically come alive. The 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 parallels of what's happening in our country are devastating. Well, look the, the ministry Twitter. was always there. That ministry of truth was always there, but it was Twitter cloaked, you know, as a private company. Elon goes and buys buys Twitter. The cloak is removed, and then they're just out in the open now. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, they, they've been censoring disinformation. You know, they have it on Facebook, on um, and Instagram as well, and all different social media platforms. So, yeah. So then uh, what do you think about the intimidation of our Supreme Court justices and the protests going on in front of their house right now? Uh, It's absolutely disgusting in my eyes. And not that the Supreme Court justices have done us any favors uh, as of late, um, but they don't deserve that. And it's highly illegal. And it's just so funny that Circle Back Saki says there's some high emotions. People are emotional right now. And the they're media, passionate. Yeah, they're passionate. They understand the passion. They're passionate. <laughs> and the media doesn't want to touch it with a 10-foot pole. It, it doesn't exist. But if the shoe was on the other foot, if it was Trump supporters 
it'd be the second coming of January 6th, the insurrection. We'd be calling for indictments of political prisoners already. It'd be the end of the end of the world. We're overthrowing the Supreme Court. So what are your thoughts on what's going on with our Supreme Court and Roe v. Wade and the whole situation? Yeah, well, this is this is horrifying. I mean, it is illegal to go and and, and threaten sitting judges. I mean, this is this is really horrifying what's happening. And the fact that this information was leaked from the beginning is a complete violation of our of our laws. And so what what needs to happen is what's really shocking is if this was actually the other way around and a conservative leaked this information, then that person's name would be shared everywhere. And we would have already known who who leaked this information uh, et cetera. And so, you know, I, I think that what, what needs to happen is we need to know who leaked, uh, this information about Roe versus Wade. Um, in addition to this, I, I, I think it's once again, another one of the many hypocrisies within the left is that all the people that are upset about, uh, Roe versus Wade and the abortion issue, et cetera, is the fact that, um, or, uh, is basically the fact that all these people were totally fine with um, COVID-19 vaccine mandates. And, you know, so many different um, figures uh, of the of the leftist agenda are now saying, oh, well, what about women's rights? Meanwhile, just a few a few weeks ago, they couldn't define what a woman is. Right. Mm -hmm. They said no uterus, no opinion. But apparently a man can get pregnant. So, I mean, it, it's completely insane. There's no logic, no common sense. And anybody who's now, you know, screaming my body, my choice, um, but was totally fine with vaccine mandates has no right to <laughs> now come out and say my body, my choice. So um, yeah, you don't get to selectively no. apply my body, my choice, right? It either is or it isn't. Right. Exactly. Well, you know, and, and even with that argument, it's it's not it's not your body. So it's not That's your true. choice. So scientifically speaking, right, the, the left loves to say, oh, trust the science. Scientifically speaking, that's not even a valid. So you're, you're, you're staunch pro-life, I can guess then. Yes, I am. But, well, I'm, I'm a minister. So I figured I, 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 I figured I, but I, I had to ask a Christian minister and, uh, you'd and, be, and it's 2022. You'd be surprised with Christian ministers and the church and what's going on. But to, to what extent do you feel like the, the, the Roe v. Wade issue and how it's being presented in the media right now is not being presented how, how it really is? The debate is a, is a legal debate, right? Whether it is a constitutionally protected or whether it's something that falls into the 10th Amendment and, you know, is more of a, a state's rights issue. But they're making it as a pro-life versus pro-choice uh, decision. But that's not what it is at all. No, that's that's not the case. And, you know, I've, I've always been a big, you know, I'm a constitutionalist. So obviously states should have more rights than the federal government. I will say now at, at this point, you know, and obviously the Democratic states like New York, there's laws in place that abortion is legal here. Right. So regardless of what happens with Roe versus Wade, abortion will still be legal in New York. And I don't understand the whole concept with with the left saying, oh, my gosh, all our rights will be you know, taken away to have an abortion. Yeah. You know, there, there's no common sense there because clearly they don't understand the law or how this even works. So, there, you know, abortion is still legal in New York. And the only way that will be changed is if it will be changed on a state level which has nothing to do with somebody running for Congress. Will you right? be working to change that if you get in? 
I mean, yes, there's there's obviously different different talks about that. I I will say, um, obviously, I'm a, a big supporter of of states' rights, so I need to look further into information regarding that. Um, as far as what, what would you need to look into? Well, as as far as um, I know that there's a few different, um, obviously, governors that are saying that they're going to obviously fully support the decision with Roe versus Wade, make abortion illegal, et cetera. Um, but I, like I said, on this will now, this should not be an issue that the left is now going to be push, pushing in regards to um, congressional offices or Senate races, et cetera, because at this point, what the left is trying to do right now is they're trying to utilize the Roe versus Wade decision to now push a bunch of Democrats to continue to vote Democrat as opposed to voting Republican. Because now we're seeing across the country, a lot of Democrats that maybe have voted Democrat their entire lives are no longer going to be voting Democrat. And so now the left is going to try to use this to their advantage to say, well, now we all need to vote Democrat because this is going to be a life changing decision when that's not necessarily true. Like You're I said right. before, there are states that have laws like in New York, Governor Cuomo, um, before we had dictator, uh, Kathy Hochul, she he had said that it he made, you know, different provisions in the law to um, allow abortion up until um, up until, you know, a baby is born. Right. So there's different laws that are set in place in different states. I don't know what it is in other states. Right. Um, where abortion is legal. And so but now the left is trying to utilize this to push their agenda because they have nothing else. They know they're going to lose. So that's why I believe this information was leaked, uh, because 100%. primaries are happening now. Um, we're going to have a, a huge midterm uh, election that was supposed to be a big red wave, and they're trying to destroy it. If you look at the polls, you can see that like CNN put out a poll recently thinking that this would shake up the entire thing and everybody would agree with them, and it completely backfired. Nobody really cares. Actually, people, in fact, agree with the decision of the, On the Roe v. Wade. On the Roe v. Wade. So it's yeah. not even going to make the impact that they think it's going to make. So my question still stands. If you get in, are you going to be pushing to remove the laws that Cuomo instilled? And I know it, as a congresswoman, uh, you don't have as much power in this argument, but uh, would you still be fighting for pro-life rather than the laws that currently stand in New York where you can basically murder a baby right up until it's being born like well, are you going to be very vocal about this yes i will be very vocal about it because yeah. it's it, new york has some of the most disgusting abortion laws you can uh, i wonder if you murder a person in new york who just call it late-term abortion well sure. california is calling for well, up to well, now that there's, no, there's like someone 25 or 30 too, so th yeah. there's been a reform in, in new york and we've got it's a, like lot, a of, lot of problems with with all of that so because, uh, yeah, New York, it, is, it's bar it, it's barbaric and it's disgusting. And, you know, you get to the point where as a society at large, we have no respect for the most innocent amongst us. Then, you know, what good are we? If it, it, it feels so dirty, it feels so evil and, and so disgusting. And as much as much as I hate, you know, 
the fact that states do have rights. Not, I don't hate that the states have rights, but the states that have abortion, especially these late-term abortions, to me, it's completely disgusting. But unfortunately, I have to respect the fact that those states do have rights, and that is their choice. What are some steps as a congresswoman that you could take to start removing some of those laws that are on the books in New York? Because they're they're pure evil. She can't. It, it's a fa- it's federal versus state, though. No, That's I totally I, I understand this, but there's got you, you have you have an influence as a congresswoman of the state uh, or a congressman of the state. Your voice, what, like funding, is very influential. So, what are some things that could be done to to shed light on this situation in New York? Right, definitely. Well, I, I mean, one thing is is just being vocal about it. But like like I mentioned before, I, I am a strong supporter of. Uh, states' rights over the federal government and restricting the federal government at all costs. Um, I'm a strong believer in that. That's why I've been calling to defund three-letter governmental agencies for a long time now. And and, and this this is something that I'm I'm very passionate about is the, the federal government has become way too powerful and we need to restrict the federal government. And so, you know, that that is one of my primary goals in regards to um, also, you know, the, the, the main purpose of the federal government is to um, do two, two things is one is to protect national security. And uh, the second reason is to um, fix or support our, our situation with immigration. And so, you know, that that is a major concern that we have a huge invasion on the on our southern border as well. And so these are other issues that the federal government is supposed to be taken care of. And so I am a strong supporter of states' rights. And like I said, this is now more of an issue on a, on a state level as opposed to a federal level. I agree. So then another states' rights issue, and I know you said you're a very uh, big activist as far as this goes, uh, 2A freedom is another states' rights issue. And New York has some of the strictest gun laws on the books. Yes. What are we going to do about this? Because you can't, it's virtually impossible to even own a gun in New York, let alone, let alone carry in a one of, in one of the most dangerous cities in the country in the world to live in. Right. Definitely. Well, I mean, obviously I, I believe that the second amendment shall not be infringed upon just like it's, it's written in, in the constitution. Um, and so obviously I've, I've been very vocal as, as far as, um, you know, I think there's there's 26 states now across the country that um, have passed constitutional carry. And I would love to see New York to be added to that list of states. Um, once again, I, I think, unfortunately, a lot of a lot of issues fall more on, on the states uh, in, in regards to this. But I will be fully supportive of any sort of legislation that would um, protect our Second Amendment. So and unfortunately, there are there are some bills that have been passed uh, through Congress recently that have restricted our, our Second Amendment rights. And so, you know, there's different um, bills that are that, you know, are tr- trying to get passed in, in Congress in regards to restricting, um, you know, magazines or uh, different um, gadgets on 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 guns, et cetera. And so it. And even Biden now has this whole registry of 54 million gun owners and tracking information and all of this. And so it's a complete violation of, of our Constitution and, and privacy. And this all kind of started with the Patriot Act, um, with the government surveilling uh, American citizens and going after law abiding gun owning citizens. Um, any sort of gun law 
that you know restricts our Second Amendment is only attacking law-abiding citizens. And so, you know, criminals, no matter where they are, will always find a way to break the law. That's why in Chicago, which has some of the the toughest um, gun laws in the country, they always have mass shootings every single day, right? Um, and, and especially in the Murder summer, it's it disgusting. It's terrible, and and kids end up always being the victim of of these shootings. But and and even in New York City now, we've had a lot of um, you know mass shootings happening on the subways. I'm, I'm sure you guys have heard about the the shooting that happened in the Brooklyn subway. Our buddy and, Bob was a responding firefighter. Oh wow. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, it's it's just it's just terrible what's happening. And if people were able to defend themselves, right, our right to self-defense is a constitutional right, then we wouldn't have um, all of these all of these problems. And people would be able to arm themselves instead of waiting for you know police to arrive, etc. If there was somebody who was carrying and could um, intervene and and stop the situation from uh, from you know making the situation worse, et cetera, we, we would be in a much safer country. We've seen it time and time again. Absolutely. Uh, They'll think twice if there's a high percentage that any situation you know, that shot at. Exactly. Where, where a law-abiding citizen stopped a would-be shooter. Yes. It's happened so many times, and New York has some of the strictest gun laws. Well, Kate, I really appreciate your time. Uh, you've been fantastic, and uh, I know we threw some tough questions at you, and you've been great. Uh, tell everybody where they could find you and uh, your social media, your website, and anything else that you want to tell our audience. Yeah, definitely. So my website is katecorrigan.com. So it's C-A-I-T-C-O-R-R-I-G-A-N. And all of my social media handles you can find from that website. And this is a, a grassroots campaign. I'm running up against the establishment. So I do not have you know the backing of the establishment uh, because I am not a rhino. I am myself a law-abiding, gun-owning citizen who loves the Constitution and just wants—I just want my freedom, uh, just like every other American who has been violated the past few years with censorship, a lockdowns, the shutting down of small businesses or places of worship, uh, the violation of parental rights, etc. And so that's why I'm running, and, and you can find my information there. And if you feel inclined and, and would like to donate or support my campaign or volunteer, you can do that as well through uh, via my website. Amazing. So that, that's going to be linked all down below. And it was katecorrigan.com is the website? Yes. Put that what up. kind of gun do you own? I'm sorry, you cut out? I said, what kind of gun do you own? A black, oh, I own a Blackwater. Nice. Well, yeah. Do you shoot a lot or no? I haven't. I've been so busy. No. so I haven't been to the gun range in a while. Um, but yeah, I, I, I do. Somehow it showed up on here, but it won't let me post it on facebook so uh they already removed it these bastards well that's a surprise big surprise big surprise so i'm gonna try to link it down below on all of our other platforms besides facebook okay Uh, so go check it out down there kate we really appreciate your time thank you so much uh definitely going to keep an eye on your campaign and if you want to come back on closer to uh, primaries definitely reach out we'll make that happen for sure okay great thank you so much you guys have a great night yes thank you for coming you as well god bless Thank you. Bye-bye. Wow. Wow. I don't know how I feel about that. That was a good show. Um, 
so that's Kate Corrigan running for District 1 out in New York. And uh, New York is a, uh, a very swampy place. It's going to be a very tough, tough road for Kate. And uh, we'll see what happens. Like our, our good friend DJT likes to say, let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. We wish her all the best, and uh, and we'll go from there. But in more press, yeah, she has an impeached Joe Biden link on her page. Yes, she does. I enjoy, I enjoy that. Um, so <laughs> in more pressing news, We the People Radio has been in mainstream media. You don't even give this fucker the credit of being mainstream media. It is though. How's that mainstream? It's mainstream media. It's a George Soros funded. It's Owned by David Brock and Ed Buck. He's a, a gay. He's a gay. Yeah. Ed, so it's David, David Brock used to be boyfriends with uh, James Alephantis, the owner of King, Comet Ping Pong Pizza. Just a coincidence. And uh, it's funded by George Soros. And Ed Buck was a contributing funder. I just uh, wish they would stop hitting on us. Who, you know, who, Ed Buck, who is just arrested and sentenced to 30 years in jail for, for drugging and murdering two gay black men. And he's a Clinton donor, and you know the list. Was goes he injecting on. them with drugs? Yep, injecting them with drugs. Wow. What kind of drugs? And then methamphetamines. Yep. And uh, I don't know why that won't go away. There we go. Um, and uh, they thought it was a good idea to write an article calling for us to be banned from Twitch, and calling for us to be too late. No, that was the reason why we got banned from Twitch. Oh, it was? That was the reason. How do you know? Because if you read the article, it says update. Since article has been written, all of these accounts have since been removed from the platform. Um, So that was the reason we got removed from Twitch, was that article written about us. And that same writer, not even going to say his name, give him the justice, he wrote an article calling for our removal from Apple as well. But now, that was like a month ago, right? Yeah, April 18th it was written. We're still on there. And we were in we were written with X22, SGT Report, uh Bards FM, some really big big hitters. Our good friend Justin from Cannabis and Combat. He was written in that and uh he did a Spotify <laughs> article as well, but we lasted 2 weeks on Spotify. They 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 kicked they had already kicked us off because otherwise we would have been in that article. And you know what's funny? That was like two years ago, Spotify, right? Yeah, we we were on there for two weeks, literally two weeks. Yeah. Moved. But what's funny to me, and uh, yeah, Alan Alan has a lot to say, and I I kind of agree with my friend Alan Alan Jacoby from the Great Divide podcast. But that's a whole nother story. I'll probably talk with Alan on about it on Friday on Freedom Fridays. If you don't already know, me and Alan host Freedom Fridays every Friday night at 9 p.m. Eastern. We're live on Facebook. We're going to be on multiple platforms soon, but right now just Facebook. You're going to be on Twitch and Spotify? Definitely not, but we're on. <laughs> What's a new show, right? Yeah, it's a new show. It's called Freedom Fridays. You can get on there. No, no, no. They have the beard uh, programmed into the AI. Yep. It's it all scans. programmed into the AI. So I, I, I'm in agreement with Alan uh, on everything that he has said if you look at his comments you'll see but i read him but um what was i saying prior to alan oh media matters media matters 
uh, they are actively trying to remove us. And, and I'm very upset with these people. I'm very, very upset. The reason why I'm upset is because when you read the article, everybody gets a nice little description. The show hosts get named. And next to our show, it says, We the People Radio. Like, it's a full detailed Because it's the people, bro. It's We the People. That's it. That is the name. And we just get QAnon show next to it. What is QAnon, James? There is no fucking QAnon, Anthony. <laughs> I'd love to know myself. What is QAnon? These fucking idiots. So, listen. Do I believe Q is real? Yes, I do. Have we talked about Q on the show since the 2020 election or since December of 2020? Do you got to ask Twitter? That guy's Twitter? Yeah, it's, it's, he's obsessed. He's all he does is talk about fucking QAnon. It's literally all he talks about. He's obsessed with trying, and he's all he cares about is getting people removed. Like he, he's like, I wrote an article, that got these people removed. Like he's so excited. Like he's it like a little snitch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, doesn't your mom? I tweeted like, him. What, what boggles my mind? What boggles my mind? First off, first off, we're just a couple of assholes from New Jersey, like. I'm nothing special. You're so I said it to my father. I was like, Dad, they're literally trying to call for our removal from Apple. Like, why are they scared of me? Well, guess what, bro? You're two years too late, and the, the information has been spread far and wide, and there's no stopping what's coming. No, there's so no stopping. Whatever the fuck you it, can do whatever it, the fuck you want to do. You could take us off the air. It really doesn't matter look, because it's, it's not gonna, gonna, make gonna a happen. Difference. It's nope. not gonna make a difference. But why do they care about us? Like it's the funniest thing in the it's world. It's the like, beard, James. It's, it's the beard. Be. I must be so fucking good looking. He wants to suck my cock right that's why i say stop hitting on us right like aoc she's always like oh all these conservatives are trying to get they're obsessed with me so like they're always hitting on here whatever so elon got her with that i thought that was was great no it's it's it's, it's hysterical (laughs) we're just a couple of guys and the thing is conspiracies conspiracies have been on the airwaves for fucking decades why are they so worried about q and not worried about flat earth or worried about bigfoot or worried Why aren't about they worried about just election security in general? Yeah. Why do they? Why? Why? Why do they care so much? It makes absolutely no I'll fucking make, sense. It makes all the sense because some are true, some are not true, and so the the what they don't realize that they actually did with the whole fact checking thing is it worked in exactly the opposite way that they intended. So now when people like us or probably anyone who listens to the show, except for the people trying to write articles to get us taken down. When you see something that says fact checkers have reviewed this information and found it to be, you know, partly false or whatever it is. So then, you know, okay, that's, that's legit. That's legit. Or like, then you read it and it's like, we, we like, they misuse the word is. So that brings me to my next point, Anthony, because it's so funny. Like they literally put pictures of us and screenshots of our show on media matters. It's fucking It's fucking hilarious. Let me see. You sent it to me. Yeah, they literally put pic- pictures of us. So when you go to the article, I'm gonna, I'm not even gonna link the article down below because I don't want to give these guys any more credit than they deserve. But you click on the writer's name, and as a senior researcher, focused on social media misinformation, disinformation, and online extremism. Uh, he joined the staff in 2015. He has a bachelor's degree in communications, law, economics government from and and government from american university oh dc guy 
fucking DC born and bred. But mm-hmm. right underneath that, it says the latest. Meta is profiting off of ads promoting Dinesh D'Souza's Big Lie documentary. There's an article there. The next article, this one's hilarious. Dinesh D'Souza's new movie, heavily promoted by right-wing media and influencers, is based on debunked conspiracy theories and lies about the 2020 election. Now, now, it's okay. You can call us some crazy QAnon lunatics. Fine. I'll accept that. (laughs) But please tell me, explain. I want details on how Dinesh D'Souza's documentary has been widely debunked. Uh, The cell phone tracking data is not accurate, James. More importantly, how come he has five followers on us for the... That was Twitch. That was Twitch. We had had two episodes and five followers, and they were so worried about us on Twitch. Two episodes... Five followers on Twitch, ladies and gentlemen, and they were fucking worried about the three of us assholes. Two us hours fuck- and 13 minutes? He watched a fucking whole episode? Good for him. God bless him. But we didn't even mention Q in any of those episodes. Like, it's hilarious. Like, it's like we really yeah, don't maybe have- we did. Maybe, but we really don't fucking talk much Q anymore. Like, at this point in the, in the, in the movie, like, Q is it's- almost irrelevant. Like That was the prequel. Yeah. Like, so... <laughs> My son for his email. Oh, but listen, what they're saying that that it is widely debunked is the cell phone tracking data. No, I'm gonna read but it. They they well, no, I'm just gonna say I know that th- that is part of it, and that's one of the main things that they're saying debunks um the the theory or the information that they spent months and months, if not years, you know, There's putting video together. Footage. There's right. Video I, there's also footage. video footage, but I just want to say real quick that. Apparently, the cell phone tracking data is not accurate when used in the 2000 Mules documentary, but it's accurate enough to pinpoint, you know, people that were on at January 6th or people that were, you know, yep. uh, disobeying the CDC recommendations. Fucking science, CDC, James. The, so, so the CDC Holy bought shit. fucking no. Well, the C, this is a big point. The CDC just bought gps cell phone tracking data from the carriers to study whether or not americans were obeying the fucking lockdown regulations yep and they were illegally spying on us it was good then yep it worked but it's no good now it's even better it gets even better so yeah so (laughs) d'souza and true the vote have promoted the film by claiming it it uncovers an army of unidentifiable operatives secretly packing ballot boxes in swing states during the 2020 election they allege to have proved this activity through geolocation evidence that shows, as the Washington Post puts it, some people be- may have been near Dropbox locations on a given day. Oh, some people may have been near and taken on video. Some people did some things. Yeah, some people did some things. <laughs> yeah. The movie also claims it shows individuals dropping more than one ballot into the ballot box is a, a common occurrence in 2020 as collecting and submitting multiple people ballots was legal in some form in all the states discussed in 2000 mules. The and claims- for what I know of this movie, just to debunk that real quick, is that those types of people were not even included in their study. So unless they went to like 20 drop boxes and they were going to non NGO offices, they weren't included in the in the study. There's video of them going to offices, grabbing ballots, going to multiple different drop boxes. Yeah. Why would one person have to drop off hundreds of ballots at multiple at fucking different- 3 a.m.? Yeah, 3 fucking a.m. Okay, so let's continue. 
The claims made in the trailer have been debunked by experts. Oh, they've been debunked, guys. They've been fucking the same fact-checking fact experts. <laughs> the Washington Post. Oh, oh. I'm super serial, you guys. The most credible fucking place owned by Jeff Bezos. Explained how the geolocation data used by True the Vote has no way to be verified as geofencing data only pinpoint a person within approximately 30 feet. So within approximately the length of a pickup truck is what you're saying. Because that's 30 feet. Like Justin's got a, a, a tr pickup truck. He's like, yeah, my truck is 27 feet long. So they're telling me there's video. There's within 30 feet of that, and there's video footage. It looks just like you, and it can't be verified? Come on, Washington. There's Post. no way that the 30 feet is even accurate. I guarantee you it's fucking 30 centimeters, maybe. But within thirty feet, like if they were like three thousand feet, that may then maybe the oh, is this geo tracking? Huh? Yeah. All right. But this was actually written in an opinion from John Roberts in a supreme in a Supreme Court decision, stating how incredibly accurate this geo tracking lo location I'll, data. I'll, is. I'll give you firsthand fucking data for geo tracking. My cell phone got stolen from me. I used my mom's phone logged in the phone my iPhone. I tracked the guy to his apartment. And knew he was in the one of the left apartment built like apartments on that building. You got ones on the right, ones on the left. I rang every doorbell on that fucking apartment complex till someone answered, and I got my phone back. That's it, it works. It works. It does work. So, it's, so, 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 so to continue, can be approximately. 30. That was like eight years ago. The post article. I remember when that happened. The post article went on to suggest the group likely cherry picked data based on its predetermined theory. A fact check by the Associated Press, another stalwart, a fucking unbelievably trustworthy media outlet. The Associated Press, a fact check, also showed that True the Vote's research was based on faulty assumptions, anonymous accounts, and improper analysts of cell phone location data, which is not precise enough to confirm that somebody deposited a ballot into a Dropbox. According to experts, and beyond the questionable data in this instance, multiple reviews conducted in the past two years have found no evidence of voter fraud occurring in the 2020 election. Well, that's it, James. Most secure election in history. Wrap it up. It's done. The AP We're crazy conspiracy theorists. They fact-checked it. I don't know what we're talking about. The show's over. It's canceled. No more episodes. We did our job here, ladies and gentlemen. What? Dude, I mean, we're, talk we're talking this about this. This is what they put out. Time. This is the information that they put out. And you can hyperlink. You can click the fact-check. Oh, the fact-check by the AP News is put on May 3rd of 2022. Fact-focus. Fact-focus. Gaping hole in the claim of 2K ballot mules. And then they wrote a whole article about how it's fake and fugazi. A film de de debuting in over 270 theaters across the United States this week used a flawed analysis of cell phone location data to ballot Dropbox surveillance footage to cast doubt on the results of the 2020 presidential election. Nearly 18 months after it ended, praised by former President Trump, exposing great election fraud, the movie called 2000 Mules paint an ominous picture suggesting Democrat-aligned ballot mules were supposedly paid to illegally collect 
and drop off ballots in Arizona, Georgia, Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin. But that's based on faulty assumptions, anonymous accounts, improper analysis, and cell phone location data that is not precise enough to confirm that somebody deposit. There's video fucking footage of everybody dropping it, following them in their fucking car. But it's been debunked, guys. It's been debunked. They said even if someone was at 100 drop boxes and did not go to an NGO office, they were not included in the study. So like a cab driver, for example, maybe there's a good chance that someone like that drove past multiple drop boxes and would have been in the vicinity using that location data. They didn't even include them. What's the NGO office? Non-government organization. So it's an organization that's not officially tied to the government, but gets government funding and in certain ways, I guess, is connected, but it's just not official. Like that's how they get a lot of their uh, official and official. Shady, shady. Yeah, there's shady shit accomplished. So this is what they put out to try to spin the story. And I don't think people... Are buying it anymore? Are you on a new computer? Yes, I am. Whoa! I, I am. How long James, you have, we haven't gotten a switch in a while. A camera one, camera two. Oh, because I haven't set up the second camera yet. Oh um, my goodness! I could use a good profile right now. Yeah, you could. Is that good? Oh, thank. Yeah, no, I'm good. Thanks. All the salt. All the salt. All the salt. So. It's gorgeous. I find it hilarious that the people that are writing about us in Media Matters are writing fucking hot trash like this. Like, call us a QAnon conspiracy nut all you want, which is hilarious because they I, – I would love to have this guy come on the show and debate us about Q knowledge and, and, and talk about some proofs and talk about some things that are going on because he always mentions the – Invite him, the, invite him on the show. Send the lunatic, fucking tweet. The lunatics. No, he'll never accept it, dude. And then he's going to get us deleted. That's exactly. This guy's sole mission is to get people deleted from social media and platforms. How do they do that? What do they do? Report your, your post? Yeah, and they, they have hotlines to Twitter. Now, I'm going I, 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 to report his right it, now. It was, it was, I already reported him. Fuck that guy. Um, <laughs> But uh, you, for her, you can't triple stamp a double stamp. Yeah, you can't triple stamp a double stamp, <laughs> but go for it. Um, It's so funny. Um, that they're doing this to me though, and it's funny because I was trying to put Corrigan kcorrigan.com and I accidentally put Alan's comment. Yeah, so that I was like, Oops, whoops, <laughs> whoops. Oh, that was a good comment. He it's was very- just talking about what I was what I was saying, you know, how she was um going to be a federal legislator, and then we we're talking about you know state issues. Well, I, I did not I did not like her answer at all about abortions whatsoever. Uh and the fact that she gave such a more detailed answer about 2A, and as much as I support 2A, uh, it was the same states' rights issues, but totally different attacks on the answer. I was not not happy with it. But that's that's uh, a whole other argument. Uh, I give her credit. She came on and faced the music, and we asked tough questions. Um, but... Uh, yeah, you have Media Matters going ham. Now, if you want us to talk about some Q stuff, I want to bring something up that Anthony brought to my attention the other day. And it's fucking wild. Oh. <laughs> fucking wild. And we're about to go. Oh, down yeah, you can do that now. 
Yeah, a oh, wild that's the rabbit, rabbit hole, dude. <laughs> wild rabbit, wild rabbit hole here. So yeah, we yeah. talked about this website on our show a long time ago, probably two years ago, during the election time. We were talking about this. Which one is it called? The one you like, Dan? What's it called? Ingersoll Lock. Mm-hmm. Yes, it, 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 <laughs> and we've gone down this rabbit hole a few times, and there's been some wild, wild things that have shown up on this website. So. Anthony decided to go take a look pretty recently, and he called me up the other day, and he's like, "James, you gotta, you gotta fucking look at this shit. This is, this is wild." So, I'm gonna bring this up real quick, and uh, let's see what we find. Let's go screen share. Boom, 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 boom. So we are sharing the screen. Nice. I'm going to go to a big screen here. I'm not going to be able to see our screen, but just to navigate. If you guys see anything wrong on your end, let me know. So this is IngersollLockwood.com. This is the homepage, right? Looks like a regular cool thing. Now I want to preface their website. We said this in the first time we covered her. Their their address is 1717 Pennsylvania Avenue, Washington, D.C. So it's right down the street from the White House. And, uh, down here, it says Ingersoll Lockwood Inc. is a nonpartisan group of Americans with distinguished careers serving our great nation. We do not believe in the QAnon conspiracy, nor would we ever. Please tell this to all. Team IL. Okay. Then there's a big thing of Space Force, a couple of links up at the top. Looks pretty nice. And then over here, all products and services invest in support made in America with pride. U.S. government, Ingersoll Lockwood, all criminal hacking uh, activities will be prosecuted. Okay. Now, we could probably click on a couple of these things. But other than that, it looks like a basic homepage. Let's highlight everything and see what happens. Oh, I see something that I didn't see before. Where'd that junior come from? Did you guys see that before? Let's do this. Oh, it went away. I see that? The junior? Oh, we can click on that, but let's let's save that for a second. <laughs> Go down here. So, if you guys were paying attention earlier, it just can looks you, like. Can this. you zoom in, James? Uh, there you go. Okay, I'm zoomed in. Now, this I could click on this right here in the middle. Okay, so let's click on this. Let's see what it is. Google Earth. So it takes us to Google Earth. Okay, we're going to come back to that. So let's highlight everything. Oh, something showed up alongside that little link. There's dots on this side and dots on this side, both separately clickable. Let's click on the left side, see where it takes us. Oh, oh, that looks awfully familiar. That looks like the lamp uh, Nazi Bellcraft. Oh, and just so happens to be instructions in German. Does anybody who listens to us speak German? It's a fucking wild language. Do you ever, nah. see, those fuck, do you ever see those fucking uh, those reels of the people that say words like simple words <laughs> yeah. different languages in German gets thrown in? It's so heavily aggressive. It's like the coolest fucking yeah. thing ever. It's so amazing. But anybody that can read dirt German, I'm actually going to see if I can highlight this. You later. could probably translate it. Yeah, Google translate yeah. it. Google yeah. Translate. We're going to come back to this, but it's in all in back, We're coming back to a lot of things tonight, huh? Yeah, we're going to, this is, this is fucking wild stuff. So it's a 
plans. This is some, it's obviously some type of craft. Well, we know that the Nazis tried to create the Bellcraft. This is documented. Yeah. This is not something that's new. This is not something that we're making up. There's videos of them trying to fly this fucking thing. We know about Operation Hydra. We know what, uh, about them going down to Antarctica. We know about Nazis' involvement down in Antarctica. We just don't know the extent and the details of what happened. So there's this. Cool. Plans for what looks like a UFO, the Bellcraft. You can see the swastika. You can see the... Nazi symbolism everywhere. No craft that we've seen anything like in today's day. So let's go back. Everything is still highlighted. Oh, there's little dots. Or, or it's a lamp. Or it's a lamp. I love it. Does lamp. look like a lamp. <laughs> oh, then we we click on this, and there's more. Let's zoom out real quick. Get the whole picture. More. Let's go over here. More German schematics it looks like there's a little guy standing in there mm -hmm. and then we scroll over and we see can we scroll nope i gotta zoom out i'm retarded ladies and gentlemen why is it on an atlas though we see some more but it's interesting that the u.s space force badge mm -hmm. is there the, the, same picture, the same picture that we saw earlier with the plans in German. And then I see up here, New Schwabenland. Well, Schwab is a familiar name. Klaus Schwab, the head of the World Economic Forum. But we've heard of New Schwabenland. And Deutsch Arkham something expedition, <laughs> which I have a strong feeling translates to Antarctica. Yeah, it translates to German Antarctic expedition. Oh, and New Schwabenland was detailed in Operation High Jump. And then there's pictures of this Bellcraft. And it looks like these are actual pictures of the Bellcraft flying. And the same thing on the far right. New Schwabenland. Okay. And their Antarctic expedition. So let's go back to our original link. And let's go to Google Earth. Let's just follow this here. Let's let this load. Where is this taking us? Oh, Antarctica. Oh, and it's just spinning around on this spot in Antarctica. Now, do you guys hear that feedback on your end? Yeah. That's really weird. There you go. There you go what that could be but it's weird that this is like the only area that's not covered in ice but what's really weird to me is this area right to the right of the dot this is clear rock formations let's see if we go to 2d you could see it's clearly rock. This looks like a hole to me. Anthony, what does this look like to you? Yeah, it looks like a hole. It also looks like a left eye. <laughs> it does. It does. But this material. Yeah, it doesn't, to me, does not. Doesn't match, match up. Around, yeah. With the rocks. And this looks like some sort of cave. Now, could this be where... 
they were doing a lot of the research. Could this be where they're storing some of these old bell crafts? Oh, I think those bell crafts, that was the machine. They showed the first link was what it is. The mm -hmm. second link is where, you know, it's where it's flying in and out of. And the third link is like the name of, of the location of, yeah. of what it is. Can you also go back to like the 3D so it like moves around it so you can get a better? Yeah. It to me clearly looks like something's flying in and out of that. What yeah, could fly in and out of that? Or it could be all for reptilians. Let's be real. Yeah. Could, could be those pesky reptilians uh that could be in there as well. Um, but it's awfully interesting. So then you start you start looking up like new Schwabenland and you know doing some doing some more digging, and there was apparently expeditions that that went here not just the nazis and it's something called base 211 and they said they found valleys with you know green plants and warm water warm flowing water from like the geothermal uh activity underneath and allegedly the the nazi expedition had built some impenetrable uh fortress there so i i haven't done much looking around but there's definitely a body of water here that's a body of water yeah, but when you scrolled out, James, when you zoomed out, like if you notice, not only is the other areas like covered in snow, but to me that area seems like it is the, it is more clear, is more of a crisp picture than than some of the surrounding area. But yeah, it's very different. Oh, look uh, at that. The rest of yeah, the it's freaking, it's weird. It's very, it's, it's very weird. Um. And very different, but it's cool how they would detail it in these hidden links. Mm -hmm. They show you these things. So, um, I'm gonna. There's. Remember, we showed you that junior that shows up right here. We're gonna come back to that in a second. I just want to go through this for a second. So, you have their insights. Uh, if you if you you want to do this at home, if anyone watching. Well, and you go to any of their landing, any of their pages, just hit command A or control A on your keyboard. It'll highlight the whole page. And then you'll be able to see, you know, if there's any Easter eggs. Yeah, there's Easter eggs literally all over it. I'm looking for something. Hold on. I'm looking for something. You could do that if you're a caveman. Uh, here we go. Library. This is what I got to do. Let's load. Come on. Bear with me, ladies and gentlemen. The deep state doesn't want us to to look at this. Let me close Google Earth. Maybe that'll free up David some. Brock. It probably is, dude. He's hitting on you again. Goddamn bastard! I'm not. I'm not gay. <laughs> Why are you gay? Anymore. Anymore. Yeah, I blow dudes <laughs> on Tuesdays still. Um. All right. Well, that's fucking cool, guys. Why won't go? All right, it just see if you. It won't go, fucking go. Go to the junior link then. Okay, we're gonna go back and go to the junior link. Let's try from here, maybe. There we go. Here we go. For whatever reason, it wouldn't go from there. So, reading library. Welcome to reading library. A heroic drama of the revolution. Uh, strange adventures of million dollars. Wonderful deeds and doing the little giant Boab and his talking raving Tabib. Extraordinary. <laughs> experiences of the little uh of little captain doppel cop and the shores of bubble land 
Travels and Adventures of a Little Baron Trump and His Wonderful Dog, Bulger. Baron Trump's Marvelous Underground Journey. 1900 to the Last President and Lyconics of Cult. Of cult. Now, these are all of uh, Ingersoll Lockwood's writings, and they're fascinating. They were written in the 1800s in, in detail. Uh, Baron, like in Baron Trump's Marvelous Underground Journey, he's traveling through fucking time, and his mentor's uh uncle donnie and lives in trump castle on and it's fucking bananas but then you scroll down ongoing research reading recommendations u.s space force homework then it takes you to the book of enoch tells you to read the book of enoch interesting that's fucking cool interesting now i'm not a theologian but i do know that is one of the lost books Mm-hmm. Then you have safe and clean nuclear energy. Click on thorium. It takes you to an Amazon link. Super fuel. Uh, well, not going to click on that one again. Um, but it takes you to another book for thorium. Energy cheaper than coal. And more research. Non-toxic farming handbook. Regenerative goer's guide. Victory Garden and, uh, for Bees and Beginner's Guide to Heirloom Farming. Let's hit Command A. Is there any fucking random links? No. So these are all pieces of information. Like, these are all books that we can read. Like, you can literally go and read The Last President right here for free. And I highly recommend everybody do it. Copyright 1896. Written 18 fucking 96. All detailing The Last President. Okay. So I highly recommend everybody goes through this website, checks everything out. There's a ton of great stuff in here. Let's go back home. This is what had giving, given me chills because you guys know my thoughts on uh, uh, Junior. Junior. I've been very vocal about the, J, the, the JFK Junior theory, but this audio is fucking wild. So let's bring this up again. According to Project Looking Glass, it appears on this timeline, Donald Trump will be the 45th president, and he'll attempt to save the world from the globalists by attempting to save America. Most Americans, even citizens of the world, are not ready for what will be revealed at that time. The forces of darkness, which harm my family, will turn against him, but he and Junior will prevail. Justice will prevail. We choose a great awakening, not because it is easy, but because it is hard. And it is right and just. Therefore, where we go one, we go all. And a time will come many years from now in the year 2024 for Junior to reveal himself and right the wrongs of history. Humanity will defeat the Great Reset and a great awakening shall begin before. Where we go one, we go all together. We are one great nation. Under God, and so may God bless the United States of America. So, let's stop. That was, quick. That was cool. That was I want cool. to discuss this for a second. Now, that sounded dead on accurate of JFK. Hmm. And uh, to me, it, to, to be perfectly honest, it sounds like audio that's stitched together. Well, listen, I, I, I 
get that. Yeah. And I, I, I thought that as well. But then I mean, the message, the message is clear. But then, but then, but then if it is stitched together, where did Donald Trump get mentioned by JFK? John, he Donald could he could say the word Donald. He could say we're, we're going to Trump no, but them. It could also be someone who is making a voice that is like uh, Kennedy's to stitch in the words that he never said. It could be that's that's what it sounds like to me. It but it doesn't take it doesn't take away from the message. It could it could be it could be. But what really caught my eye was the very first thing that came out of JFK's mouth. Yeah. Project Looking Glass. According to Project Looking Glass. That's what caught my eye and my ear the most. Because it was very quick and brief. If you missed the very, very beginning, the first thing that comes out of his mouth is according to Project Looking Glass. Now, Project Looking Glass is something that we know allows you to see into the future in some sort of way whether it's mathematically whatever it may be this is technology that's been around for a little while and uh this is one thing that i have said if jfk jr was alive the only way i'd believe it is if through time travel of some sort uh or some sort of alternate timeline uh that is involved because I've studied his death in great detail. His MK Ultra written it all over. And you hear the beginning of what we talked about when we brought up Ingersoll Lockwood, how they stated, we do not subscribe to the QAnon conspiracy. We never will. Now, QAnon's conspiracy, it's not a conspiracy. It's a real thing. And it's not QAnon. It's Q. There is no QAnon. But then they post something like that in a hidden hyperlink. Their address is 1717 Pennsylvania Avenue. Ingersoll Lockwood is their namesake. Ingersoll Lockwood wrote books that the only fucking way that you'd be able to get the accuracy of these books is if you're a fucking time traveler traveling through fucking time. Now, we know Nikola Tesla said he discovered time travel. Mm-hmm. Well, just another coincidence in the story here. Who was the one in charge of breaking down Nikola Tesla's documents? Yeah, John Trump, right? John G. Trump was the man tasked with breaking that down. There's just way too many coincidences and just so way too many curiosities to, to dismiss it. a number... You find out if something is mathematically impossible to be a coincidence. A number of coincidences that makes it mathematically impossible. Do you know what that number is? 17? No. Good guess, though. That's a good like, guess, right? That was a solid guess. Solid guess. Solid uh, guess. I don't know. Four? Close. Five. Five coincidences, and it's mathematically impossible i think we just listed off like seven eight well you take the junior audio their address and then those three links there's five 
And, even, uh, it even says it on their website. It even says it on their website. If you go to one of the sections, I, I believe it's in insights or it's in history. And you, you click on Ingersoll Lockwood and uh, it basically says uh, time traveler. Where is it? I don't even know where it is. Um, oh, it says Ingersoll Lockwood, time traveler, mystery man, futurist. Read his books and you decide. <laughs> You read his books and you decide. So I highly recommend everybody go there and read those books and check them out. Highly, highly recommend it. But these things that are happening, it's very odd. And like I said, I hope I'm wrong about JFK Jr. I hope when he says Jr. will reveal himself in 2024, I hope I'm fucking eating crow. I hope I'm sitting here, man, I was fucking way off on that one. The whole time they were talking about Don Jr. Yeah, right. Could be. Could be. Yeah, Who knows? Good, right? No, he, didn't he say my son? Didn't he say my son? And my family have been attacked and persecuted. I truly believe. Well, I mean, then his son and family that still were attacked and persecuted. Oh, I, I truly believe the Kennedys yeah. play a huge role, and he was the last president to try, take down this global cabal. And I, I still subscribe to the theory that Junior was supposed to be what Trump is, and Trump mm -hmm. is carrying the torch because him, him and Junior makes were a lot of sense. Trump. I mean, definitely, that's the logical explanation for for all of that. But then again, if Project Looking Glass is coming into the fold and alternate timelines and time travel comes in, dude, logic's thrown out the applicable fucking years. Thrown ago. out the fucking window, dude. <laughs> We're out here. I'm just gonna turn on my music and dance. Yeah. That's what all else I'm, you got. That's it. That's all you can do. That's all you can do. And just celebrate. What are you gonna do? We're gonna what be celebrating. Gonna We're gonna be celebrating bigly. But. We're going to do some more on, uh, on this. I'm sure there's going to be some more information next week coming out. We have, we didn't even touch on the Supreme Court justices, really, and what's going on over there. We still have so much to talk about. But we're up on the two-hour time frame. Nick is, uh, Nick is getting a little Oh, angry. he's back. He's back. He's back. We're coming All up right. on the two-hour time frame. And uh, we're going to wrap it up today, ladies and gentlemen. So we want to thank Kate Corrigan again for coming on and hanging out with us. Uh, she was great and answering some tough questions and uh, we appreciate sure. her and wish her the best of luck. Um, hope everybody enjoyed this week's episode. We'll be back uh, on Friday. Me and Alan will be at 9 PM Eastern. We will be live on Facebook. Come and hang out with me and Alan from the great divide podcast. Uh, we're also live on all major podcast platforms every Tuesday, 830 Eastern. Check us out on rumble cloud hub, the Patriot podcast network, Foxhole, be live, Facebook, and Twitter. We're all over the place. Shout out to our sponsor, Sirius CBD, number one CBD in the planet. Go to Sirius-CBD.com, code WPR for 15% off your entire order while supplies last. Um, shout out to them. Also, shout out to BioPro Plus, the number one natural HGH alternative. I fucking love this stuff. And our good friends over at Kush Creams. Uh, I got my first sunburn of the year uh, over the weekend. And let me tell you, the natural Sensi has been saving my fucking life. Literally, like I have a giant fucking bottle next to me at all times. Uh, I nice. stuff saved my life. So go to kushcreams.com code WPR USA for 15% off your order. Anthony and Nick, always a good time. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. Guys, where we go one, we go all. Our movement is about replacing a failed and corrupt political establishment with a new government controlled by you, the American people. The Washington establishment and the financial and media corporations that fund it exist for only one reason, to protect and enrich itself. 
The establishment has trillions of dollars at stake in this election. For those who control the levers of power in Washington and for the global special interest, they partner with these people that don't have your good in mind. Our campaign represents a true existential threat like they haven't seen before. This is not simply another four-year election. This is a crossroads in the history of our civilization that will determine whether or not we, the people, reclaim control over our government. The political establishment that is trying to stop us is the same group responsible for our disastrous trade deals, massive illegal immigration, and economic and foreign policies that have bled our country dry. The political establishment has brought about the destruction of our factories and our jobs as they flee to Mexico, China, and other countries all around the world. It's a global power structure that is responsible for the economic decisions that have robbed our working class, stripped our country of its wealth, and put that money into the pockets of a handful of large corporations and political entities. This is a struggle for the survival of our nation. And this will be our last chance to save it. This election will determine whether we're a free nation or whether we have only the illusion of democracy, but are in fact controlled by a small handful of global special interests rigging the system, and our system is rigged. This is reality. You know it, they know it, I know it, and pretty much the whole world knows it. The Clinton machine is at the center of this power structure. We've seen this firsthand in the WikiLeaks documents in which Hillary Clinton meets in secret with international banks to plot the destruction of U.S. sovereignty in order to enrich these global financial powers, her special interest friends, and her donors. Honestly, she should be locked up. The most powerful weapon deployed by the Clintons is the corporate media, the press. Let's be clear on one thing. The corporate media in our country is no longer involved in journalism. They're a political special interest, no different than any lobbyist or other financial entity with a total political agenda. And the agenda is not for you, it's for themselves. Anyone who challenges their control is deemed a sexist, a racist, a xenophobe. They will lie, 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 and then again, they will do worse than that. They will do whatever is necessary. The Clintons are criminals, remember that. This is well documented, and the establishment that protects them has engaged in a massive cover-up of widespread criminal activity at the State Department and the Clinton Foundation in order to keep the Clintons in power. They knew they would throw every lie they could at me and my family and my loved ones. They knew they would stop at nothing to try to stop me. Nevertheless, I take all of these slings and arrows gladly for you. I take them for our movement so that we can have our country back. I knew this day would arrive. It's only a question of when. And I knew the American people would rise above it 
and vote for the future they deserve. The only thing that can stop this corrupt machine is you. The only force strong enough to save our country is us. The only people brave enough to vote out this corrupt establishment is you, the American people. Our great civilization has come upon a moment of reckoning. I didn't need to do this, folks, believe me. I built a great company and I had a wonderful life. I could have enjoyed the fruits and benefits of years of successful business deals and businesses for myself and my family. Instead of going through this absolute horror show of lies, deceptions, malicious attacks, who would have thought? I'm doing it because this country has given me so much and I feel so strongly that it's my turn to give back to the country that I love. I'm doing this for the people and for the movement and we will take back this country for you and we will make America great again. You can't handle the truth.